Welcome to Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God, a production of Lion's Share, a ministry that aims to co-mission with Jesus in making disciples of all nations. We ignite and provide resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. In our world today, there is more information available than at any time in history, but wisdom is in short supply. In this podcast, you'll hear how learning about the character and ways of God is a guide to wisdom. Hello, everyone. I'm Sonia Bierson, and I'm here with Dave Buring, the founder and president of LionShare, whose new book will be available in bookstores and on Amazon in two short weeks. <laughs> we need like a little background, mm-hmm, you know, horn section or something. <laughs> um, so, Dave, tell, tell us about when the book's coming out, um, when, when people can get it. Well, from what we understand, it is showing up in bookstores now, and so you may want to be able to check out your local Barnes & Noble or bookstore and see if it's there, and uh, March 30th is when it becomes available uh, on Amazon. And for those of you that are more Kindle fans, that was released actually early, December 1st of last year, so you can go on and get that right now as well. Yeah, you can actually pre-order it, and it'll show up on your doorstep on March 30th. So, hey, test Amazon. Uh, The book is called The Great Opportunity, Making Disciples of Jesus in Every Vocation. And today we're going to discuss one of the chapters in the book called A Polished Arrow. And I think this will give you a really good sense of, of kind of the meat of what we're talking about in this book. Dave, tell us about The Polished Arrow. So in this chapter, it deals a lot with understanding God's process of uh, seeing him, being shaped by him, and being sent by him. And and you'll find this um, out of Isaiah chapter 6, a familiar passage where Isaiah sees the Lord, and there's there's what I like to call an upward look, where he sees God, an inward look, where he, in light of being in God's presence, feels conviction of his own sin, in his case, with his mouth, and then... After that's taken care of, he hears an amazing thing, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit speaking amongst themselves. Who will go for us? Who shall we send? And that's where Isaiah says, here am I, send me. And so there's there's this dynamic, but I, I, I want to relate it to this phrase that Sonia just used, a polished arrow. And so in the Hebrew language of the Old Testament, the word polished means to select, choose, purify, and polish purge, cleanse, make bright, to test and prove. So think about like a bow and arrow, all right? Well, before you want to fire that arrow, you want to know it's proven, that it's ready to go. So when the arrow maker, if we could call this person that, looks to find a twig to transform into that arrow, he will uh, trim it, he'll sand it, he'll eliminate the knots, possibly dry it out and put it through fire before it's ready to be polished. That's all before the polish even comes on. So this is a very meticulous and deliberate um, passage that he takes this twig through to make it an arrow that can then be proven and tested so it is rightly fitted, both in the bow and the archer's hand. And so there's a process for an arrow, and that means there's a process for you and I that are arrows that God wants to fire into the world on his behalf. You know, I think of the the story in the New Testament about pruning. And it's, it sounds similar to that, but, but the process you just described sounds lengthy, 
slightly painful. <laughs> the, you know, the the yeah. result is beautiful, right? It mm-hmm. it's it's a beautiful polished arrow, and it goes, you know, mm-hmm. where it needs to go. Straight. Right, yeah. it goes exactly where it needs mm-hmm. to go, and it's strong. It's mm-hmm. not going to go there, or you know, it's not going to you know fall on the ground before it goes as far as it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. When it hits the target, it's right and true. But that process, you know, it doesn't sound yeah. so good if you're the arrow. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, you know, here you're a, a twig hoping to be an arrow one day and you had no idea what you had to walk through. And that's often how it is for us. Sonia, for me, uh, I, I want to make some broad observations here first. So oftentimes we we can say, I've had that upward look of I've seen something of Jesus. He's transformed my life. I'm getting to know him more as I'm uh, in the word of God, the scriptures. And oftentimes when that happens, we get so excited, we jump right to what I would refer to as the sending stage, which is more the doing, using the gifts we have and all that. And I'm running into this a lot where people have skipped the shaping stage. It's like all they want to do is they want to experience God, and then they want to just go out and do stuff. But what happens is there's a a resulting, and again, this is my word, just how I like to communicate, there's a spiritual thinness. And so when times become difficult or there's challenging things going on, there's a fade. It's kind of like the arrow being fired and falling apart on the way to the target. Or as you just said, it, it doesn't make it. It's supposed to go 50 feet and at 40, it, you know, into the ground. And the reality is, is we don't like some of that painful process of being put in the fire and the knots being worked out of our lives and being trimmed. We don't like that, but it's an essential part of the process of God, especially as it relates to getting us ready for the thing he's called us to do. Why do you think that is? Is that just because we are impatient people? Is that because people are so excited when they have that upward look, mm-hmm. you know, when they when they encounter God and they're on fire? Um, is it because that piece is so strong? Is it the fact that the world, plus even within the mm-hmm. Christian community, mm-hmm. we kind of model, you know, whatever's the shiny new thing or yeah. spirit, yeah. you know, we kind of elevate spiritual activity, yeah. like go and do this and you're showing how much you love God or how much, how many great things you want to do. Like what, what piece of that? seems to contribute to this this inability for us to to focus on the shaping part. Why why do we rush past it? Yeah, I, I think because uh, I think you just gave a bunch of really good reasons. And for me, it's um, I, I think some of it has to do with we live in an immediate culture. And so what happens is is we we get excited about something, we see where we can meet the need, and it doesn't mean we don't do that. But it it is a pause to recognize, all right, is the Lord actually allowing me to do this thing as an expression on his behalf to the people around me, or is it actually something he's building in me? Like like I may have shared this with you before, Sonia, but I remember when I was pastoring and I was around 37, 38 years of age, and the Lord showed me, I didn't put you first in this pastoral role as a giving out role as I did first because I know I could shape you in this role. And that was like a bit of an ouch and an eye opener, and a, and and oftentimes we are only looking at the, using our word here today, sending, 
you know, the going, the doing, and we don't pause to recognize that God values the the building of our lives. I I it's in the book this written this way. Um, so if you get it, you will see this. But it's interesting to me that that God used two two thirds of Moses's life, eighty out of hundred and twenty years, to shape him, to to deal with him in. In Egypt, giving him a good education, and then he's out in the wilderness, and God's dealing with him. He gives him a family, and then at 80 years of age, probably when his false teeth were, he's trying to get those things fitted right, and God calls him to go back into the place that he had left 40 years ago and bring out the people of Israel. So just do the math with me on that. Two-thirds of his life was preparation for a third. And when you look at the life of Jesus, who lived about 33 years it's 30 of those years were preparation. Ten elevenths of his life was preparation. So I think a lot of it, Sonia, is we get caught in the world system of having to deliver our goods fast rather than learning the ways of God that he's very intentional in developing us. And then he's the one that is supposed to fire us as an arrow, not just us running our own agendas. Yeah, this funny thought just appeared in my head as you were saying that. Like, what's the Instagram photo of shaping? Mm. Right? It's easy to find the Instagram photo of sending, Mm -hmm. right? We're there. We're doing something for God. I'm using my gifts. You know, God bless this incredible thing I'm doing. That is easy to find a picture of, but shaping yeah. It's almost like the picture for me would be you're pulling a twig off a tree and you've got the knife out and you're whittling. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and it's this process. It's whittling it, but then all of a sudden, there's a there's a a shaping of that twig that now becomes more usable, and it and it is a process. And you've maybe heard us share before that the reality is it's not oftentimes till you get to your mid fifties, maybe even into your early to mid sixties, before you fully hit your stride. Now, for some of you, it's like, what? But that's the reality. So again, do Moses math. So two-thirds of an 80-year-old's life is puts you somewhere around mid-50s. And so there's, there's a dynamic here that if we're younger and you are, let's just say you're 35 years of age today and there's a certain role that you're playing. You may be serving another leader. You may be leading whatever it is. You're in this company, this organization, this church. An important thing for us to remember is that it's more important of what God's building in you than what he's doing through you. Let me just say that again. When you're in your 20s and 30s, it's always more important what God is building in you through what you're doing than what it is he's doing through you. He's He has the long view. He knows what it is down the road that he really wants you to hit your stride in. But see, if we just start skipping all those little tests and prunings, as you use that word, or or addings, the things that God's doing, then when we get to that place to really hit our stride, the tool belt's empty. And that's where there's a spiritual thinness of character. And we might have great gifts, but you, your character is not going to sustain you through what God wants to actually push through your life. So Dave, when you read in the news or hear from other people about prominent Christians who either fail in some very public way or they even lose their faith. You know, they renounce it. Mm. Um, Is this what you think about? 
Is is this what you think about this this whole concept of shaping? It, is that where your mind goes? It does. I I usually uh, that would be my second thing. My first thing is either a heart of compassion, or you'll hear a little bit of a uh, out, out of me because I just I feel for the person. I feel for God's character that's on display. I feel for His glory being robbed. There's that side of it. But then when I go to the cause. This is oftentimes where I go. And unfortunately, so I'm 61 years of age, and I I had to walk this, you know, twig journey in my life where where I, I allowed the Lord to shape me. And fortunately, I had a, a couple people in my life when I was right around the age of 30 who said to me, remember, Dave, this season of your life is you're still being built. God's still muscling up the inner character in you. He's still letting you flex your muscles with your gifts. You're not in stride time yet. And that that was a gift to me because it let me readjust and, and realize that even though that task I was doing was so fulfilling and um, and I was doing it really well that ultimately in my journal, I could write those thoughts down of, hey, today X, Y, and Z happened, exclamation points. But then underneath it, I would note to put that bullet point that would said, what I learned about God's character through this was, or here's the ways of God, which we define as how God does things. Here's the ways of God that I learned along the way. And those are the things that I go back in my journals at times and pull out. It's those learnings. It's those buildings in my life. Yeah, I I think about my own life, and, and thanks for letting me know that I'm I'm not in the hitting the stride section. I feel very young. Thank uh, you. As a 19 year old, <laughs> <laughs> um, is that you know when I was younger, where I thought I would end in this journey, the sending part is not at all where I started out. Mm. And I'm not even sure I know exactly where the sending role is going to be for me. I know some places he sent me, but it's not at all what I would have guessed when I was 20, 25, 30, 35, because my impression of that in terms of the gifts he gave me, the doors he opened for me, you know, that was just my season. But but you don't know where he's going to call me. Um, so I, I just wanted to throw that out there that sometimes, yeah. you know, it's just it's our perspective, you know, going back to that that idea about prominent Christians who fail or, uh, you know, lose their faith. You know, I think one of the reasons why we talk so much about discipleship on this podcast and and that this is what Lionshare does and emphasizes is because that piece of it, that's what shaping is, is yes. is discipleship. That's the part that a lot of ministries and churches and people are not involved with. There's a lot of ministries and churches who are really focused on the seeing part and really focused on the sending part. But the shaping part is not, you know, for lack of a better word, it's not that sexy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, I remember when one of these prominent Christian, one of these prominent Christians fell and he renounced his faith, I remember reading a letter, a public letter that some pastors wote, and they wrote an apology mm-hmm. n- n- partially to this person, but also to the greater body of Christ, saying they had probably given this person a platform too early, yes, that they should have been discipling him 
along the way. You know, maybe he could have had some platforms along the way, but but that they should have been discipling him. And I thought that was such a um, a wise observation on yeah. their part and kind of a, a warning, right? Like heed this shot across yes. the bow, you know, body of Christ. We need to focus on this piece more because we're going to have more of these stories coming yeah. out. Yeah, and you know we we live here in Franklin, Tennessee. You know, which is about a half hour drive south of downtown Nashville. So we live in the Greater Music City, USA area. And if there's any place that I have ever lived or spent significant time in, um, to to see on display what you just said, it's here. There are um, young ones who, you know, as we say here in Nashville, they can sing. And they can sing, and because of the gifts that God's given them in that way, they are they are quickly promoted. And before you know it, as a 17, 18-year-old, they are singing night in, night out to 10, 15, 20,000 people in auditoriums, in outdoor venues. And can I just be honest with you and say they don't have a correct sense of reality. It is It is just pushed them into a whole... A whole different space where they no longer feel like they need anything because because all I got to do is show up and open my mouth and I can sing. And because of that, there have been people who are incredible people, not just their gifts, but as people, incredible people, but they've never been developed on the inside. And so when fame comes or when f- financial blessing comes to their life, uh, the way that they use it um, slips them into categories that are not godly. And we have to realize that that is our fault. So I've spent several decades as a pastor. I haven't been doing that full-time since about 2006, as we've jumped into lion's share and, and the last 15 years what we've been doing. But I still serve in my local church in a pastoral role and walk alongside some of our young pastors and trying to do this, helping to shape them. And we as the body of Christ have failed in this area. Like any of you that are out there that are listening, if if this is an area you're going, why did I never get this? You know, we'll own it as spiritual leaders and say, we are really sorry. It's It's a swing and a miss, and it's something that we need to make right. And if you're that person saying, yeah, I longed for that. I remember Sonia, when I first met her, one of the things that she told me as somebody who was successful in media as a godly young person, she was looking for those in her life that were further along followers of Jesus in her vocation, but she couldn't find those people. And and we have an opportunity to be able to do that with people. It's, it's yes, in our relational world, our neighbors, our family, our friends, those that we go to church with, but there's even greater impact when we begin to look at who are those people who serve in my vocation. Now, maybe they don't work in the same place you do, but they're in your same vocation. If you're a further along follower, I just want to challenge you to begin to look at those that are younger, who do love Jesus, but they've never been shaped in their own personal lives or how to view their vocation through a godly set of lenses. It's ripe, R-I-P-E. It's ripe right now for the taking. So I want to encourage you to take that opportunity. Some of the things that I think um, we encounter in that shaping time is a lot of the things we talk about 
in this podcast, the ways of God. Yes. And in that seeing section that you talked about in Isaiah, seeing God leads to Isaiah's shaping and it results in in God sending him. But I do think even in the seeing section of, of what we're talking about, we encounter barriers to seeing him. And I don't think like you leave one stage, like, okay, I saw God, now I'm moving into the shaping stage. Yep. Okay, now I'm being, I'm done yeah. <laughs> being shaped. And <laughs> yeah. so now I'm going to be sent. Like yeah. there's a constant process, yes. right? Of yes. trying to see God. And that there are some barriers in that while you're being shaped. So what are some of the things that you encourage people to think about when they're discipling someone or even when they're being discipled, especially as we think about this context of work, what are some things that they need to be focused on that they're going to be able to use in their work world, in their their family world, in their church world, to allow them to continue seeing God as they're being shaped? So um, let me just start with this one. Uh, three years ago, I hit my 40 years in ministry, Mark. And I remember just being on our little outdoor courtyard in, in our little cottage where we live. And I had my Bible and my journal, and I was really reflecting on, wow, it was 40 years ago today. And I've been asked over the years, and, I, and so it drew me to this place in my own thinking on that particular day, if there was one thing, one thing that you knew that you could change uh, as it relates to people's lives and and the whole seeing shaping sending process, I what what would it be? And so I jotted down my thoughts, and and it goes back to where you were leading us here a moment ago in the seeing area that the image of God that you carry around inside of you affects how you live your daily life. And if I could help people see what God is really like, it changes you. It changes you. Because you you encounter who he really is from the scriptures, and can I just say, once you see who he's who he really is, you you trust God to take the twig that is you and me, and to begin to form it with gracious hands, with hands that are skilled, hands that are experienced, hands that handle us with absolute love and adoration, and it begins to impact our lives because we trust the process. We trust when you get fired that the Father, Son, Holy Spirit all gave a thumbs up to it and you realize, all right, so I don't need to get bitter at Bob who fired me. Instead, I need to be able to receive that there's something God is allowing for my growth. And so, Sonia, it reorients everything. It reorients your whole life and how you see things. And, you know, when you get into... To specific things, it's like that. That for me is the starting point. Because if you see who it is that's handling your life, and who it is in love is crafting you, you're able to go through those difficult things that all of us face in life. Without it, there's a lot of doubt. Bitterness has an opportunity to sneak in, and we miss the shaping opportunities. Yeah, and that's why we started this podcast. We we really wanted people to focus on the ways of God, because that's part of that shaping process is understanding that we have to take time to hear his voice. We need to understand what it means to, to have a healthy fear 
of the Lord. Mm. We need to know why obedience is so key. The, these are this is the stuff where shaping lives. Yes. Um. I you know, Dave, I want to go back to the verses in Isaiah that we started with, where where we hear that phrase, a polished arrow. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother. He named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, you are my servant Israel, in who I will be glorified. And I just want to focus on that last part. You are my servant Israel, in who I will be glorified. And this puts this puts not me at the center of the story. Yeah. A lot of times I think we can look at this, you know, hey, I'm being made into a polished arrow. This is all about me. This is all about mm. me seeing. This is all about me shaping. This is being shaped. And this is all about being, me being sent mm. to use my gifts and God is going to bless me. But this verse says, in who I will be glorified. Mm-hmm. And it takes me back to something you've been saying over and over again in this past contentious, difficult year, which is how are we enhancing the reputation of God or not mm. with our lives? T- talk to me about that, because a lot of times people misunderstand God's desire to be glorified, our desire to glorify him, because th- we don't get that. But when you say enhance the reputation of God, I think people understand that and that's really speaking to them right now yeah and that's a a phrase from a man by the name of leith anderson who's a pastor up in minnesota and probably 20 years ago give or take is when i first ran ran across that because uh, in the old testament the glory of god is attached to god's reputation it's who he is and uh, a man's reputation a woman's reputation was attached to their name and so when they agreed, shook hands on something, as it were, or, um, you know, uh, extended kindness from their family, these are all things that in, either enhanced or took away from their reputation. And so we carry God's name, whether we're called Christian, follower of Jesus, um, Christ follower, whatever we call ourselves, we are identified with God. And the heart of it is exactly what you said in the the end game. This is about glorifying God. You'll find the very last chapter of the new book, The Great Opportunity, is called Beginning with the End in Mind. And after we talk about calling and vocations and disciple-making, it's a way just to um, tie everything together. And the reality is that God is shaping us for the advancement of his kingdom, that we get to participate in his mission— He's shaping us so that we can better and bless the lives of the people around us. Bettering meaning how how does what you do, how do how in your interactions with them, how can you use your vocation to actually better the life of somebody else and bless them? Meaning how does the grace of God you've experienced kind of splash over on them? And then thirdly, it's about glorifying the name of Jesus. And God desires for our actions, our attitudes, our words to enhance his reputation. We, we can't make God better. That's not what we're saying. But what we're saying is the way that you live your life will either cause people to be drawn more to Jesus or push them away. 
and glorifying God is living in such a way that when you leave that conversation, you've enhanced God's reputation. They, they say, as we sometimes say here in the South, I want to get me some of that. <laughs> Well, I'm going to let that be the final word. You know, we have an outline and scripture references for what we talked about today in the episode notes, which you can find at lionshare.org slash podcast. But really, don't you just want to pick up a copy of The Great Opportunity and just read it? Catch that vision for discipling and investing in others who share the same kind of work you do. And, you know, as you are on your seeing, shaping, sending journey, Think about who you can invest in, who is in the beginning of their journey or in the middle of their journey, maybe just a couple of steps behind you. I I really think this book is going to help you catch that vision. And this is the last time I'm going to put out this call, Dave. In less than a month, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of this podcast. And, you know, it's been a real joy to see it grow from a small number of downloads, just to see that, you know, that, that momentum catching. And as we've been telling you, we're putting together a special episode to commemorate the occasion by featuring questions from you, our listeners. We'd love to answer your questions about discipleship, your fears, your failures in the past, how to get started. We want to hear about something you've learned from an episode that has stuck with you, or maybe you just turned around and told someone about it. What do you want us to talk about in the future? What do you like from the new book? Did you know Dave used to have a mustache? (laughs) That's true. He did. He did. Well, we can't do this special episode without you. So please email us at info at lionshare.org with your questions and comments. We'd also love it if you would rate and review our podcast on Apple or Podchaser so that more people can learn about Wisdom Unlocked, the ways of God. Thanks for listening. Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God is a production of LionShare, a ministry that ignites and provides resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. To learn more about what we do and how we can help you, please visit lionshare.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo.